A priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Untitled Catholic Podcast, episode number 46, right? 48? Yeah. Shit. All right, so we are... Is that Armando Benitez, or is he 40? Was he 49? Aaron Heilman was 48, I think. He was 49. Yeah, good memory. Amanda Benitez might have been zero, though. <laughs> Wait, Ray so Ordonez was zero. We're two episodes away from our 50th. Yeah, which means that that might not happen in time. <laughs> or the episode after, we'll just do the 51st. We'll release the 51st after the 50th. Or before or we the just, 50th? Yeah, or before the 50th. Or we just really take a long yeah, time. Yeah, but people will know. People will know what, what episode know. really is. We should have just said forty six. It's like no the thirteenth. It's like the the fourteenth floor in a in a building. People. Know <laughs> it really is. It's really the thirteenth floor. It's true. But, yeah, pe- but people won't actually know if this was forty six or not. So we should just edit that out and keep it forty six. This is our third. Yeah, it, except our, that it well, it's not, and we don't want to be liars. This is our every third. episode from here on out is number forty six. How about that? Yeah, We're, this is our third forty sixth episode in a row. <laughs> <laughs> episode 46 episode number two yeah 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 point 46.2 it's good to hear your voice nolan that means you made it back from world youth day okay i did i survived in more than one way and uh i'm glad i did because it was it was awesome world i'm youth also day happy that you didn't die <laughs> thank you thank you or or just like be overworked and just uh you know, throw in the towel. I, that didn't happen either. So I yeah, I I meant more of the overwork and you would quit the podcast. But no, no. In fact, I was looking forward to podcasting to share how awesome of an experience World Youth Day 2019 in Panama was. Should we get to that now, or should we talk about the Super Bowl first? What do you think, Father Sean? I think let's get all the other stuff out of the way. We could talk about the Super Bowl to lead into our last topic. Okay. Sweet. All the other stuff, meaning Nolan. Is that your oh, saying? You said you had a story, and I have a story, too. Yeah, but mine's Super Bowl-related. Well, story time. Story time with the Untitled Kevin yeah. podcast. Father Sean, go. All right, so recently we found out that there was a man who was pretending to be Monsignor Walden, the pastor here at St. Patrick's. And he set up an email account with his picture and his name, although he spelt his name wrong, and it was a very similar email to Monsignor's email. And he was sending people emails saying he needed help. And when people responded, he said he needed iTunes gift cards. So, knowing what? knowing that he probably didn't know what iTunes is, our our deacon, um, like went in on the scam to a certain degree to find out where this guy lived and what his phone number was, and then reported him to the police. And wow. he got caught. I don't know if he got caught, but then once the guy realized that he that that the People deacon knew what was going on, he like threatened to kill his whole. He said, "I will kill your whole generation." <laughs> That's <laughs> wait. Bold. So let's, and let's, the the yeah. really interesting thing is his name is Wojciech. like the driver in. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I'm trying to think of a scenario where someone needs, I need help. Oh my gosh, what do you need? iTunes gift cards. I well, know. Why does that help? He said his friend was very sick. And he needed to give him iTunes gift cards so he could listen to music and watch movies. And you uh, obviously people fell for it. Uh, those demands are very specific. Yeah, and then, but he wanted like $400 of iTunes gift cards. Wow. So, I, I like, but it was very funny that the deacon, like, that whole exchange was hysterical. He's like, I'm all alone, and the camera's broken on my phone, so I have to mail it. What's your address? I'm all alone. <laughs> it, it was hysterical. Go go, Deacon, Deacon Jerry, right? Yeah, Deacon Jerry. Deacon Jerry out, outsmarting the con artist. It's like an episode of something. I don't know what, but... It's so that all that to say is if you get an email from the Untitled Catholic Podcast asking for iTunes gift cards, it may be real because that's actually a great idea. It is. Yeah, I've already so. sent in the time it took you to tell that story. I've already sent a couple of emails with <laughs> iTunes gift cards. We need, we, need help. we need help. That's funny. Um, I have a story about the Super Bowl. Uh, so are we gonna let Nolan tell his World Youth Day? Yeah. Story? So let no, yeah, Nolan, tell, talk about World Youth Day. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I have a specific story other than like, it was just incredible how prepared Panama was for this World Youth Day. Um, I would say it was. So I've been to the last five now, and like this was literally the most organized World Youth Day I've ever been a part of. Wow. Um, it really was. Um, they were so. They were so like ready to embrace the pilgrims they were um there was there was very very there was no time where i was like where is my next meal coming from which was basically like the entire experience of poland was like when is my next meal coming i don't but know part of that as much as we love him part of that also has to do with the, the rock I'm not. I'm gonna stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I know he listens. So I just wanted to throw a shot at it. <laughs> if it has something to do with Father Rob, it has just as much to do with me too, because I was co-leading. <laughs> well, that's that trip. true. You guys so, were co-leaders, so, I, so well, a- I and I effectively insulted both of you at the same time, which gives me a double burn. It's true. So you better watch your back. I will. <laughs> Father Rob and I are coming for you, but um. No, it was just it was great, and like the there was not, we didn't have any like ex- insanely long walks. Like we had we had long walks. It was it was certainly hot there, um, but like we didn't have. There was no point where like I thought I was gonna die, which, again, <laughs> which happened to, in Poland. And Poland was a great experience. Like I love the country. I loved all the sights that we got to see. That was incredible. But yeah, there were moments where I was like. If God takes me right now, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was maybe... praying for death. <laughs> yeah, when we were looking for the food that one time, and that never happened. <laughs> that never happened. It was, and it was such a good group of, of people. Again, I've been blessed to go to so many World Youth Days and be around so many good people. And every single World Youth Day I went to, um, I've always, I like, I've walked away with like life changing relationships. Um, and that's like that's like the reverse of shade being thrown at you, Father Sean. So you're welcome for that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Kill him with kindness. You know what they say? There are two priests, two types of priests that go to World Youth Day: those who do and those who do not. That's, yes. What you just said made no sense, but we'll move on. 
Hmm. No, that made total sense. How you said there sense? are two types of priests that go to World Youth Day: those who do and those who don't. It's kind of like it's kind of like a beaver is like an eagle in that they both fly, except the beaver can't. Yeah, that's basically what you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if you use the double negative, then it makes sense. Yeah, that's right. You're a double negative. <laughs> the, the, untitled oh, the, gra- the untitled grammar podcast. This this episode's gonna be called double negatives and double Star negatives. <laughs> What's what was the 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 highlight of World Youth Day? Um. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's it never gets old to see the Pope drive by in the Pope mobile, and we were again, and I got the best video I've ever gotten of the Pope driving by. In the Pope Mobile, and I have, I have multiple videos of the Pope driving by on my phone, but this one was like, this was like, we were right there, man. We were right at the rail, and uh, you know, I, he made eye contact with me, blessed me directly. No, I don't know that for <laughs> certain at all. But. It, it's like a three D movie. You think uh, the the Muppets is only looking at you? Yeah. <laughs> there was no, uh, but there was no for sure. There was no hands like in the way. Like there was no like. Like, oh, I got it. Here's the shot. And then someone throws up, like, their phone in the way, way of my phone. Like, that didn't happen. So, I imagine cool. it being, like, um, the end of uh, uh, Jingle All the Way. And the Pope is, like, instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing the Turbo Man costume and going, Jamie! The Pope is, like, <laughs> Nolan! And you're, like, yes! Pope knows my name. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it played out in my head. Did you see a um, uh, friend of the podcast, Ricky Vasquez, by chance? Uh, from a distance. Oh, okay. He was he was uh, he was uh, part of that um, USCCB and Focus uh, festival that I was sharing about uh, off the air, um, and uh, so I did. I Ricky didn't see me though. And he would have he would have known your name, unlike, and, unlike Turbo Man. And, and even if I was close enough to, to yell out his name, I wouldn't have. So He likes that stuff, though, so for future reference. <laughs> so that's why I didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nolan, can I, ask you a, can I ask you a tough question? You Now may. that we're talking about Ricky. Yeah. So I forgot that I didn't give Joe Moncada the thank you for hosting Ricky. And I gave it to him a, a few weeks ago. So you lied to me because you. Oh said no! I thought did. I gave it to him because it wasn't in my car anymore. But then I realized oh. that Justin had put it somewhere because he didn't want to sit on it, and then I forgot to give it to him. So I found it one day looking for something else. So I didn't intentionally say that I did it and then not do it. Gotcha. So you make sense. You gave Joe Moncada a thank you for foisting Ricky on him. Right. It was it was for Joe and his family. Hopefully, right. Joe. So I have hopefully cool, Joe I was, told his parents. I was just trying to incorporate the word foisted again. That's all. I have a question for you. Did you re-gift the gift cards, or did you specifically get those gift cards for him? Or did you send an email to people saying you needed help, and they sent you the gift cards? (laughs) Oh, you stole my thunder. Uh, I impersonated a certain uh, clergyman asking for... (laughs) Yeah. So no, the FBI we have, will be. Will we be have we have gift cards here at the office for just that very kind of purpose okay. to say thank you to people. That's part of the uh, part of what we do here. We we a lot of people help us and take care of us in the diocese of Rockville Center. 
offices for events like such as these. So that's I didn't think that specifically, but I didn't think that you were like regifting something. Why is someone accusing me of regifting? No, no, I just was curious. Oh, okay. Because he got that, and Joe was like, "This is a very specific thing." Do you th- that he was like, "You think he had these, or do you think he got them?" We were trying to understand your. It was mindset. a restaurant gift card. Yeah, but it was a very specific. You know, it was not something that maybe a lot of people would think. Let's get a gift card to the Cheesecake Factory. Really? That's like my favorite that, place to get a gift card from. So that's that, solid, so, that's a but solid that's, gift that's card. the question came up in the sense of trying to understand your mindset. Is Nolan a Cheesecake Factory fan, or did he have these and and then he so he gave them? And I proudly say that the answer is both and. Like very Catholic answer. And and I and and it really is because we had them, and I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm gonna give him that one because that's what I would want. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You gotta understand when you have kids, the Cheesecake Factory is not a place you go because whenever you go to the Cheesecake Factory, unless you're going a really obscure time, you're waiting to eat, and that's right. just not that's just not an option with kids. It's kind of pricey too, right? Yeah, I mean, I usually go and I usually get appetizers, skip the entree, and then cheesecake. That's just that's 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 a solid plan. Yeah, well, so a lot of some of those entrees are like two thousand, three thousand calories. Yeah, and and you really don't need so them. When you count cal- calories, Father Sean, because when you see three thousand calories, that's more than a day's worth of calories. For yeah, what one is meal. it? Uh, what is it? Just butter? <laughs> All right, we're going to pretend like that didn't happen. (laughs) I was trying to add something and then I didn't have anything. Yep. Oh, butter cooked in butter. That's what I wanted to say. Apparently butter is good for you, though. I know someone that puts butter in their coffee. That's disgusting. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, but they swear by it. And that was the story that I was going to share. I'm just kidding. That's somebody you're talking about is you? (laughs) That's someone I'm talking about is me. No. So yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday, obviously. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. But uh, we were coming back from Austin, Texas. So we came, we got off the bus around 3 o'clock. Uh, and in the morning on the bus, they were watching the Golf Channel. So I was already kind of in a, in a weird mood because I wasn't watching anything Super Bowl related. So we got off the bus at 3 and we made it um, to 5 o'clock mass. And mass started here. Or the game started here at 5.30. So, Megan, my fiancé, said we have to go to Mass. And if we miss some of the Super Bowl, that's okay. And obviously we are in agreement. So, we go to a Mass that is right by my friend Ryan's house, which is where we watch the game. And we show up right on the dot at 5 o'clock. And I'm thinking, there's no way anyone's going to be here. There's no way this Mass is going to be long. So... They start mass five minutes late, and no names, but there are three well-known worship leaders that were leading the music at mass. So they were the ones that started mass late. Now, there were maybe 20 people at the whole mass. So now it's these three worship leaders that do it for a living, and there's 20 people at mass. Um, And we were late because they were still sound checking. So now I'm kind of like, all right, guys, come on. There's 20 people here. No one really cares how it sounds. The priests then 
couldn't really understand. I'm not sure where he is, but he starts the mass basically by saying, "Hey, I know it's a really tough night for people to come to mass, and uh, the priest that normally celebrates this mass isn't here because he's watching the Super Bowl, and I don't really care about the Super Bowl." So he asked me to say it, but I really appreciate you guys being here. So that makes you think that maybe brief. mass is going to be brief, right? Goes through, they're reading the readings, uh, they're singing every verse to every song. His homily was 25 minutes long. Oh! I'd like to tell you all some of the details of our financial status. He, he was, if I he could was, just go over this. He said he spoke for 25 minutes and this latter half of the homily was about vocations to the priesthood which is great but i was hoping he would read the room and see one there were 20 people two most of the people were older women and the rest of the people were families with children running around which that's another side note they were kids that just run around which is that's besides the point anyway um and i couldn't believe it and then the, the music kept going because they spent all this time. So they're going to give a full uh, worship service. And then mass ends. And I looked at the time and it was 6 o'clock on the dot. I was like, okay. No, it was 6.05. And then he says, okay, everyone please sit down. So then we sit down. I'm like, oh, great. What's going on? There's 20 people there. If you get up and leave, everyone's going to turn around and look at you. So then he does a blessing of birthdays. Which, that well, I would nice. if if the final blessing happened, just go. Who cares? No, if the final knows? blessing didn't happen yet. Oh, Post communion. Everyone sits down. He does the blessing of uh, birthdays. Then everyone. That's what you're gonna up. say. The blessing of the animals. But he does the blessing of the birthday. Then or the blessing of the throats because it was uh, same place. So he does the final blessing, and then he says, "Now we're gonna do the blessing in the throats." And I look at Megan, and then she's like, "Let's go." But I said in true McAldy form, "If I don't get my throat blessed tomorrow, I will have strep throat." I know that's not how God God works, but that's how my mind works. So then. <laughs> <laughs> we got our throats blessed and we left mass at 6:10 on Super Bowl Sunday. We missed the first 40 minutes of the game and we got to my friend's house like the beginning it's like 10 minutes left of the second quarter. So I started my day watching the golf channel and then I went to mass and that's what I get. And Being quickly you realize that it was the one time a year that Golf Channel was probably more exciting than a football game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a boring game. What a boring game show. And uh, yeah, just not a not not my best Super Bowl Sunday. I'll say that. I don't think it was anybody's. I had the 5 o'clock mass. And I got to our parents' house, which is 30 miles away from St. Patrick's. In time for kickoff? Not in time for kickoff, but like maybe the second possession, the third possession of the game. So how long was your mass? My mass was under an hour. Did you? How long was your homily? Probably like maybe nine minutes. Did you, did you pull a Winston Churchill? And say this is our finest hour? No, never, ever, ever give up and then just walk back to the seat. <laughs> I no, we most... had to we had to talk about something serious. So I couldn't like just be like, "Well, tonight's the Super Bowl, and I want to go home." So, bye. Yeah. I, 
I think the saddest part about the Super Bowl is that if you were to tell me that Tom Brady will win another two or three Super Bowls, I won't be surprised. He's going to win probably next year. That's what he's going to win next year. And the fact that people are saying that he it's they were the underdogs and stuff, that just shows how stupid people are. Mm. I never, ever, once the Rams won, I, uh, the first thing I thought of, well, the Patriots just won another Super Bowl. We Our faithful listener and good friend, uh, Lorenz, uh, we just had a conversation. He started this thing, Nolan, which I think you'd appreciate, Wendy's Wagers. So well, Sean, technically, I started it, and then started, he jumped on. He jumped on it. So Sean said, bet Dan Hasselbauer's Wendy's that the Patriots would win the Super Bowl. Get to the Super Bowl. Would get to the Super Bowl during the season. Right, And yeah. Dan, Dan takes the bet. Now Lorenz is making Wendy's bets with everyone else that... I made a bet with him that Sean McVay will never make a Super Bowl again. Which you're going to lose that bet. That's kind of silly. All right, we'll see. No, that's that's a good bet. I mean, Everyone talks uh, about all the great coaches, right? Sean Payton, how many times has he been to the Super Bowl? Once, right? Name one other coach in recent history who's been to the Super Bowl more than once, not named Belichick. Tom Coughlin. Okay, that's one. Name another uh, one. Can you name it? Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Okay, two. All right, that's a good. That's a good point. Indianapolis had two different <laughs> coaches in each yep. of their Super Bowls. Indianapolis had two different coaches, and so did so did uh, the Broncos. I just like that these bets are they. They could take potentially a decade to finalize. Like we. Do, I'm just, we just intrigued by the by the possibility of winning Wendy's. That's, so, the, yeah. that's the best part. Because at the it's, end of the day, if you lose the bet, you still get to hang out with a friend and eat Wendy's. You have, so that's yeah, not that Wendy's. bad. Yeah. So every everyone's winning. But we just made a bet that Lorenz has a two-year-old daughter that the Jets will not make a Super Bowl by the time she graduates high school. Oh, so we have, have 16 years. 16 years. No, I, I legitimately think that. I made another bet that in five years, Adam Gase will not be their coach. And no one's taking me up on that one. Because everyone agrees with that. So in five years, if he's not their coach, he didn't make the Super Bowl. So then that gives me 11 years. They're never going to make it. Anyway, Patriots always win. They have a winning culture. Father Sean wants to talk about building a winning culture in parishes, which I think is a good topic. So, like, I all, I got to put everything on the table. I've never been a pastor. So can't say that i know this from experience but i've only been a priest for less than four years but all that being said i think that the idea of building a winning culture is something that's underrated in the church and that we tend to we tend to um uh first of all i think a lot of times like we want to have a vision right so, like, you have a football team. The vision is to win the Super Bowl. There's a clear goal. There's this clear vision. Any team that doesn't have that as their goal is is terrible, right? So, if your goal is to make money, then who, who cares? Who cares? If, your goal, if you're an owner and all you want to do is make money, no, you want to win, right? Like Al Davis say, just win, baby, win. Um, yeah, I wish, uh, I wish the Wilpons would say that, but that's besides the point. Yeah, that's that's another story for we should throw that in a, as a Wendy's bet too. 
I think the Mets will win the World Series before Laney graduates high school. But that's I I, dis- I disagree. I'm I'm of I am now of the mindset I'll never see a championship. Do we uh, want to do we want to make a Wendy's bet on that one? We're just we're just bet, we're saying within <laughs> the next within the next fifteen years we won't be happy when it comes to sports. I'll be happy if bet. one of my teams wins a championship in the next sixteen years. Well, listen, Nolan. You see, you already saw your win team win twice in the last fifteen years, so you're good. I know, but I have a lot of suffering from other teams too. <laughs> <laughs> Building oh, a winning culture. God. What the Knicks are gonna do is draft Zion Williamson, sign Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Building a winning winning culture. Win baby win. Win baby. Back to win. the parish. Back to full the parish. circle. I'm the point guard of this podcast. Just call me Kyrie. <laughs> so I think the first thing is you got to get people to be on board, right? And one of the things I love about the Patriots is that they, if you're not – you could be the best player in the world, but if you're not on board with the vision that Belichick puts in place, we need you to do this, we need you to do this, we need you to do this. If you're not on board, you will be cut or traded. Josh Gordon. Josh, well, he picked up Josh Gordon, and he was getting released because he was smoking weed or whatever it was that he was doing again. But and like, I think the first step of that is building trust. Right, right. You build trust. You let them know that you have something that, like, you you have a vision. You can make this happen, and you get people excited. You get people on board, and when people are not interested, or they like, you know, Willie McGinnis, right? Ty Law. These are all guys that were on the Patriots that were great. And then he let them go before they weren't, you know, like it wasn't like he cut them when they started to decline. He cut them as they were still good. Right. And so that idea of like you need to get people to be on board with a vision. And I think sometimes as a church, right, like that's what I like about life team. When you when you're doing the um, core team, you don't just accept everybody who applies. You accept the people who are on board and, and willing to do what's asked of them to do. And it, are they going to fit in with the people that you have? Are they going to fit in with the culture that you're trying to build? And getting a sense, even though they're volunteering their time, you don't just take everybody. Because some people, it's not going to work. It's it's funny they mentioned Life Team because they have, they have kind of like a something that they've been talking a lot about lately is, is building a culture of youth ministry. And I think you could just take out the youth part. I mean, if you want to build a winning culture, a fruitful culture in parishes, it's, I think it's a culture of ministry that you're trying to build. Right. That every single person, especially on staff, especially from, from the, the pastor down to, you know, the, the secretary, secretarial staff to the, the ministerial staff to the, the custodial staff, like anybody who's employed there, but also the parishioners as well, also just the volunteers. Everyone has to be on board that they are there to minister, that they're there to certainly be fed spiritually, but that um, they're, the culture is we are bringing, the, we are bringing the, the good news of Jesus Christ to everybody. We are bringing um, everybody we encounter to, to Christ's feet um, so that he, they can encounter him in the sacraments. Like That needs to be everybody's vision and everybody's uh, mission, and when that happens... Those are the most successful parishes. When when you have a, a janitor who knows that uh, 
you know, who, who is, is seeking opportunities to, to be Christ to somebody. And you have a, a religious ed director who is seeking to be Christ to all people that they encounter in their line of, of work. It, it's, it's of the utmost importance. Right, and that's always the goal. And I, one of the things that I thought was interesting, like when we were doing um, uh, like the core team interviews, this one girl came in wanting to be a part of the core team. And as we talked to her, like you could see there was like something that was like not right there. She looked uncomfortable. So I said something. I was like, well, how do you feel about middle school kids? She goes, oh, I teach 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. I really love working with middle school kids. And so Tilo was like, well, would you be interested in helping with Edge? And she goes, I'd actually much prefer that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, there we go. Like, yeah. you know, and then like the, the simple thing is like, you know, if somebody's really good with numbers and has doesn't have very good people skill, don't put them at the front desk where they're going to have to see people all the time. You, mm -hmm. you know, you give them, you, maybe they can help the business manager or something like that. Or like somebody who's not the most sympathetic person in the world shouldn't be in bereavement ministry. If they want to help with that, maybe they can be the person who types up the, the, the booklets and, 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 and makes the copies and does that kind of stuff. Maybe they're not the one that deals with the grieving family. Right. You want to put people in the right position to win. Somebody like Julian Edelman would not be good on any other team, just like Wes Welker wasn't good when he left the Patriots. And Danny Amendola wasn't good before he was on the Patriots or after he was on the Patriots because they put him in the position where he's going to win the best. He can't you can't sign somebody like him and expect him to be your number one receiver. It doesn't work. Yeah. You put him in the position where he's going to win the best. Even Tom Brady, as he's slowing down, his arm strength isn't as good. How many deep passes did they throw yesterday? Not many. Not, Not many. many at Jared, all. Jared Goff did, but none of them worked. Right. So you have the people in the position to be successful. You build trust. You put people in the right positions. And you show them, and you got to get them excited and get them motivated. And that's and I, the thing that makes... I, I think it's also about helping people understand how their gifts affect the ministry. Yeah, too. yeah, because exactly. Because there's a lot of people out there who have some of the gifts that you just laid out that aren't as obvious, like, oh, how this is contributing to ministry or spreading the gospel. Or, and when you can point that out to people and they can see that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm good with numbers or I'm good with, um, you know organization things like that that um someone like me is not good at um that's just as important and and you can that can be your prayer that can be your your um, sacrifice that can be your your act of service and and your your deed uh towards towards building up the kingdom of god and it's it's great because one of the things about our staff is we have a lot of people who are really really good in the positions that they're in and if you would shift them the whole thing would fall apart. Mm. Like they found, they found their place. To, you know, whoever hired them, because it wasn't. Some people were working here even before our current pastor got here. Um, you put them in a position where you know this is the best place to have this person. I, if you guys ran for president, I'd vote for you. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like together, like if we were like a team co-president. Yeah. Father, Father Sean would be have to be president because he's a priest. You would have to be the vice president. Fair enough. Yeah, I figure that's a fair. Um, I agree with everything. I think that go it goes for any organization, what you guys are saying, but I think sometimes the, uh, 
people don't apply it to the church because it's the church. But if you look at successful sports franchises and businesses and musicians and all this kind of stuff, uh, if we were to apply those mentalities or just whatever the word is to the church, it could be successful operations. And I think uh, it's exciting to know that Father Sean may be a pastor soon. Nolan's in a position of power to make these things change. Um, I'm just a bing bong that has input, and that's all. Concerts! Well, I mean, just the, idiot! When I was a seminarian, I was uh, assigned to a parish. Uh, I was assigned to a few, so I won't say which one it was. But one of the ministries in the parish, they would meet on a Sunday afternoon, and they asked me to go to it. So I went to the ministry, and they said, well, how do you think we could get younger people? And I said, well, what are some of the things that you do? And they told me, I said, younger people tend to like X, Y, and Z. So you want to, if you're recruiting younger people, you want to, you know, kind of get them interested in this. And they said, okay. So one day there was a younger person that came. Like everyone was basically in their 80s. And this one person came in who was about 30. And they were asking like, well, what would you be interested in doing? And she said, oh, I would love to do something like this. And she, and the lady who asked me how to recruit younger people said something along the lines of, like, listen, toots, that's not how we do things around here. If you want to be a part of this group, you got to do it like this, this, and this. Wow. How is somebody going to come back after you just told them we don't like any of your ideas? Wow. That's one of those things that surprises me but shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That, well, that ministry will, will die out. Yeah, yeah, it will. And that's why we, we need to be motivated. But I, I also don't think it has to be a position of power. Like you guys, it, it could just be a layperson. Or like what you, the story that you tell, Father Sean, that the guy was just saying that he wants a men's group. So what did he do? He started a men's group. Yeah, yeah and, 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 but that's exactly, like, that's exactly it. And it's, it's, it's kind of anything, too. If you... If you want something, complain that it doesn't exist, then start it. Right. If you want it so much, then you'll you'll be able to uh, suffer through the growing pains with it. But and at the end of the day, prayer is always at the center. Because if I'm trying to do it in a way that I want to do it, but it's not how God wants to do it, then it's never going to work. And that's that's really the key in changing the culture and changing people's attitudes is is introducing prayer throughout the process. Um, if they're not if they're not bringing it to prayer and they're not encountering God, then um, it's it's going to be really hard to make that leap and to make that jump. Uh, one of my favorite stories: a few years ago, a priest that I knew became a pastor of a new parish, and when he went there. He had they had adoration after like the twelve o'clock mass on the Tuesday, let's say, and these older women would come up. He had just finished mass. They would come up after mass was over, and expose the blessed sacrament, and then repose the blessed sacrament. So he went up to the women after like maybe two or three weeks that this went on and said, "Would you mind if I did this?" And they said, "Oh no, Father, we've been we've been hoping a priest would be doing this for years." And then so he started, and then like, and then he started encouraging the adoration, and people started, you know, coming. 
And when you center things on Christ, like that's what the people, at least in that specific situation, that's what people wanted. They wanted the priest to be there for adoration and stuff like that. So, you know, that was a simple way that prayer started beginning to change the culture in that specific place. Mm. I don't think uh, Bill Belichick prays, but it's okay. I don't know. He's Croatian, so he might be Catholic. There's no way Bill Belichick's Catholic. He's the Antichrist. But I don't know if he. I don't know if he's practicing, but he might have been baptized Catholic. Well, that's that. Let's not even think about that. Let's just stick with the narrative that he's the Antichrist. That's pretty mean. That is pretty mean, but I'll stick with it. Any final words, Nolan? No. Build up the culture and the kingdom of God wherever you're at and whatever you find yourself doing. So I guess my answer is yes, I do. <laughs> My final words, Father Sean, Nolan Reynolds, 2020. On that note, God bless everybody who listened to this podcast. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.